0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, September 28th, and I'm joined by Rob Stats guerrera as always on a Thursday. Rob, how are you doing today? Um,
0: great, Steph. A little... A little nervous about this game this weekend though not gonna Ooh, lie
1: okay all right well and it's all your fault it. it is it is it now
0: yes you've Why been tweeting my out, you've been tweeting things statistics and facts and things of that sort and the more i read what you're tweeting out there the more agita i get
1: <laughs> i i thought i was like putting out some good stats out there did you see the christian mccaffrey one
0: uh, I think so about the consecutive games with 100 plus yards from scrimmage and a touchdown
1: well yes but yeah also we'll talk about it we'll talk about it let's not right. uh you know let, let's not spoil the show here but um Rob unlike last week it, it's not a 49ers game day today so let's get into a little throwback here really quickly before we dive into the preview shall we um this week in 49ers history yeah that that segment. Um, September 27th, 1999, I was eight years old. Uh, Steve Young suffered his seventh career concussion in what would end up being his final career game in week three against the Cardinals. Um, this one's not really a happy one. I'm sorry about that, but I was, so I was obviously too young to remember this point in 49ers history, right? I said I was eight, wasn't really watching the 49ers then, but, uh, Random49ers, if you guys follow that account on Twitter, a great account to follow. Random49ers posted about this yesterday. And it, it got a lot of reactions in the replies, right? And I see a lot of people talking about it and saying, like, that was kind of the turning point of the franchise in their eyes because, that again, that ended up being Steve Young's final game, uh, you know, in his career and with the 49ers. So that they kind of point to that one being, like, just more symbolic than anything of, you know, the fall of the 49ers in that time. What do you think?
0: I remember it well. Lawrence freaking Phillips missed his block. Aeneas Williams came on a corner blitz and hit Steve Young. And that's how Steve Young's career ended. And there's that image of Steve Young just lying there, you know, kind of face down in the dirt. And it's just Yeah, that was the moment that the 49ers, you know, they had been on this for my whole childhood. Basically, it was Niners win 10 games every year. They've done it, you know, 16 straight years, whatever it was, like just absurd amount of winning. And that was really the end of it. That that brought us into this other era of 49ers football. And we found out how the other half lives and uh, we did not like it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I I mean, you even went to the 2000s, which is like about when I started to become a fan um, and watching 49ers games and seventh career concussion is crazy, though. Like, that's insane to like have experienced that many. Um, I'm all for player safety and I'm I am glad that, you know, the league has improved in that aspect. But, yeah, that's insane to me.
0: Do you know, in his book, in Steve Young's book, he talks about wanting to come back and play. And the Broncos original plan after John Elway retired was to get Steve Young. Mike Shanahan took Steve Young out to dinner and was like, we want you to come and play for us because Steve said the 49ers doctors were never going to clear him to come back after all those concussions. That was Mike Shanahan's original plan. Bring Steve Young back. To the two time defending champion Denver Broncos. They had the running game, all that stuff. There is an alternate universe out there where Denver has like two more championships. But ultimately Steve Young said, I just didn't want to play for anyone other than the 49ers.
1: Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Even so, even it being Mike Shanahan, it didn't matter. Like, it, yeah, 49ers only. I I do admire that that loyalty uh to the red and gold. Um, speaking of loyalty to the red and gold, I mean, it seems like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are gonna, you know, be sticking around for a while. We knew uh, last week that they had been extended, uh, but we finally got the numbers of years that were added to their contracts. Um, uh, so basically a two-year extension because prior it was uh I think Kyle's was supposed to end 25, 2025, and then uh, John Lynch's was supposed to end 2024. So now Kyle signed through at least 2027, John Lynch signed through at least 2026. But what I found interesting, and we found this out yesterday when Kyle spoke to the media, uh, these contracts were actually done before the season even started. And I I already felt like this was a huge vote of confidence for Jed York uh, to make, but knowing that, you know, in the midst of everything that was going on before the ce- season even started, I mean, they were probably talking about this deal and negotiating this deal with all the Treyland stuff happening in the background, um, with Nick Bosa's extension being talked about and, you know, going down to the wire. Jed York still made that choice and said, hey, like, I feel great about you guys, taking this team in the right direction or continuing to take this team in the right direction. Let's get this done now. What did you think about that?
0: When I first heard that, first of all, I had a feeling on Monday when the news, when it first broke, or I shouldn't say when it first broke, cause it broke last week, but on Monday with Vish, I said, I bet you they actually agreed to this well before <laughs> they announced it, And they just picked the perfect time to announce it, right? Massive winning streak, all that stuff day after a win. I wonder, did they, did they sign the contracts or agree to the contracts and then trade Trey Lance or did they trade Trey Lance first and then agree to the contracts? I've just, it doesn't really matter, but I just popped it in my head. But I will say this, everyone talks about this being a super bowl or bust year for the 49ers, right?
1: Yeah.
0: What is the bust part of it now? If you've just extended Lynch and you've extended Shanahan. There, there is no bust. It's just we hope yeah. we win the Super Bowl. But if we don't, we're going to bring everybody back next year. Like there is no there's no consequence, so to speak. And I'm not saying that they should have been fired because I'm I'm on board the Shanahan train. But it's just interesting that that's what we kept saying. And in reality, that's not really what it is at all now.
1: Yeah, I thought, you know, this kind of goes in the conversation of people saying that. They were on the hot seat and all this stuff, and you know clearly that isn't true. Um, you know, I think the fact that oh, and there were also people saying that why would you extend them before they even win a Super Bowl? I, I think more than anything, this extension tells you that Jed York feels that these two guys give this team the best chance to getting the Super Bowl, whether it is this year or the following year after that, the following year after that. You know, so. I, I know a lot of people say just being in contention, that isn't enough, but it's hard enough to be in contention, like, for as long as they have been. That doesn't mean like we're complacent, I, but again, I think it just means like this group, Kyle and John, and, you know, the whole uh, org that they have built around them, the front office, this is what gives you the best chance to get there. So I, I actually like this move from Jed and I, I like the vote of confidence getting it done even before, you know, the season started, but I do think it was kind of funny. They, they did wait until <laughs> they were three, and zero to announce. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was funny. What if that didn't happen? When would they announce it? You know, I'm right. just saying.
0: Do they ever have to announce it? I have no idea. Um, but look, these, things don't happen by accident right all this winning it's not like we didn't win a church raffle to end up in three out of the last four nfc championship games they did it because they're really freaking good and they're not just really good at football they're really good at scouting they're really good at developing it's an organizational effort and so we always talk about the super bowl window and these players and the contracts and expiring we don't tend to look as much at the front office and the scouting department and things like that and it's nice to see that the 49ers have kind of recognized that, hey, this is a an organizational thing, and we are going to try and keep this organization together as much as possible, regardless of the outcome of the season.
1: Right. He learned his lesson after the Harbaugh debacle, and so... Jetty York, you know, maturing right before our eyes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great news. But, yeah, the 49ers are 3-0. They have a chance to make it four straight against the Cardinals at home on Sunday. We do have some injuries on the 49ers side that I wanted to talk about, in particular to the receivers. I mean, we know that Drake Greenlaw also did not practice yesterday, but I am I think right now a little more worried about Debo Samuel, who did not practice, Jawan Jennings, who did not practice, Brennan Ayuk was limited. Debo, of course, we saw him, you know, take that hit to the ribs um, on on Thursday and he's still out of practice. It's now. Well, as as of this point, it's been a week. We don't know if he's going to practice yet today because it's 913 Mountain Time uh, when we're recording this. But if he's, let's say, do not practice again today, like, are you kind of panicking a little bit?
0: Uh, No, because I think Ayuk's going to play because I think Ayuk would have played last week if they had played on Sunday. Um, and that's sort of the luxury that the 49ers have. When you have this many good skill players, you don't have to push Debo Samuel to play if he can't go this week, because you still have all pro Christian McCaffrey, all pro George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. That should, that's better than some team starters when everybody's healthy. So I, I would be a little nervous if they were both out, but you know, I know Jawan Jennings is a little banged up also. Like, could this be... More Ronnie Bell, which I would love to see. Or honestly, like I wouldn't mind seeing Danny Gray like exist out on a football field too. Like, remember he, he actually is him. on his team? I don't he was
1: didn't he, he's on IR.
0: Is he really? I don't even remember <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah. They... <laughs> Bad job out <laughs> they, of me.
1: They they yeah, they placed him on IR. I think that was at some point, like in the preseason. I we totally or...
0: forgot about that. Are you sure? Yeah,
1: yeah I'm I'm pretty sure. So that's yep. why we haven't seen him and, right. and and that's why, like, Ronnie Bell, you know, is, we've seen him so early in the season because there was no, um, you know, uh, God, I'm even forgetting his name, Danny Gray. Danny Gray. Uh, but, you <laughs> know, nice. honestly, I I don't know. This is probably I don't want to get into a whole nother discussion, but Danny Gray and Ronnie Bell, like I'm playing Ronnie Bell over Danny Gray, no doubt. But yeah, if I
0: had to pick one, I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm, I'm a little concerned, I think with Depot still not practicing. I do hope he does practice at some capacity today, but at the same time, like Deepo's probably one of those guys who, yeah, you said you, you don't need to push him. Um, and he could probably not practice all week and still play on Sunday. But the reason that I do want him out there, I understand that Brandon Ayuk is probably looking on track to play, even though he was limited yesterday. He was rocking the, the blue no-contact jersey, but I expect him to be out there Sunday. But the reason that, you know, just that, like, I'm still not comfortable is because I think this Arizona Cardinals team is a little bit better than, you know, the Giants team that we just played Thursday. And they're going to give their best effort, so I do kind of want everyone out there. If Joan Jennings doesn't play, sure, fine. Ronnie Bell. Um, but yeah, if Debo's not out there, and mind you, we're playing a defense that plays mostly zone, so that's where Debo eats. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I think I'd miss. I think the team would miss him out there. Quite honestly.
0: Uh, I thought I saw Nick Wagner say that Arizona plays man sixty five percent of the time.
1: Oh, I saw someone else say zone. So
0: okay, but well, the-
1: I, I I trust Nick Wagner. So if if he said. They mostly play man, then
0: if they that mostly be play a, man.
1: That could be a big day for Brandon Ayuk, then. Yep. There you go. Okay. I mean maybe I feel a little bit better. Um, I agree with you, Rob. I don't think they need to push Debo Samuel. It's still pretty early in the season. Um, I, I do feel like they should win this game regardless, even if Debo isn't out there. And I, I'll just say this: if the 49ers for any reason are short on receivers. They have other guys who could step up. We mentioned Ronnie Bell, and I also think Christian McCaffrey could be a busy man on Sunday uh, for more reasons than one. Again, if the 49ers are short in receivers, that's one reason, but uh, it's also possible that he can make history on Sunday, right? And he's currently tied with Jerry Rice for the franchise's most consecutive games with a touchdown. He's sitting at 12 touchdowns or 12 straight games with a touchdown right now. If he scores a touchdown on Sunday... He'll own that franchise record. Rob, you're staring at an anytime touchdown bet with Christian McCaffrey's name on it. Are you making that bet for Sunday's game?
0: Faster than lightning, a thousand percent. Here's why. The Cardinals can't tackle. They've given up 299 yards after contact this year. That's top five worst in the NFL. If you are playing the 49ers, and you can't tackle, and now you're supposed to tackle Debo if he's there, or Kittle, or McCaffrey, or even Ayuk is really good at to the catch. You're in trouble. That is a disaster. I think the Niners are going to run the hell out of the ball. There is no way Christian McCaffrey doesn't score a touchdown in this game. I feel so confident in that bet. I don't even know what the actual odds are, but I am absolutely plunking down my money.
1: Yeah, I I, I would definitely make that bet too. We're not, you know, giving any betting advice here, so don't take it as that. But personally, I'm making that bet. And not just because it's a juicy matchup for CMC, but because he is that freaking good, right? Like, he's averaging 5.9 yards per carry, 4.48 yards after contact. You were just talking about the Arizona Cardinals being bad at tackling, so that could bode well for him in this one. He has nine runs of 10 plus yards so far this season, and he's still the leading rusher in the NFL. No signs of slowing down here, but Rob, it looked like you were going to say something. What's up?
0: I'm just, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but last week because the game was on Thursday, Levin and I did make picks for the game. We each made three and we were six for six on our bets for the game. They all hit. So you know, I am on a little bit of a heater. I'm just, not saying
1: <laughs> Rob is like, I am actually giving betting advice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not deep dive here to say Christian McCaffrey's going to score a touchdown. Like, again, like you right. said, 12 straight games, including right. playoffs.
1: Well, we'll get this in the team's first three games. He has at least a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Only other Niner to do that was Jerry Rice in 1989 So not only can he beat this consecutive touchdown record, which, you know, funny enough, he would also be beating Jerry Rice's um, for that. He could be the first Niner to get at least 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in four straight games. Look, knock on wood. And this is going to be like my this is like a wood carved 49ers logo. My my friend who is an artist made this for me. Knock on wood, though. Because if this man can stay healthy all year, these won't be the only franchise records he's breaking this year. And dare I say, like maybe even NFL records are are on the table for Christian McCaffrey to break this year, I think.
0: And think about that, right? Every team when they play the 49ers, he's the guy they want to stop. It's him. It's not Stebo. It's not, it's Christian McCaffrey. So every team spends all week doing nothing but thinking of ways to slow down and stop Christian McCaffrey. And every week he takes those plans and he crumbles them up and chucks them in the garbage, puts up hundred plus from scrimmage and gets in the end zone. That's incredible. That's a testament to Jerry Rice who did it in the past. And it's a testament to McCaffrey. Now to me, as long as he stays healthy, there is no way he doesn't win offensive player of the year. I, I just don't see how he doesn't win it. He should have won it last year.
1: I mean it it's pretty crazy because usually those awards do go to like quarterbacks and, and things like that, or at least like MVP. Uh, but he should at least be in the conversation and he should definitely be one of the top two, I would say, in the conversation. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? It's we're going into week four, but like I I think we we say this with the caveat of like if he stays healthy, like we we know that's like the the case. So But, yeah, I am very impressed with what McCaffrey has done so far. And, like, at this point, I'm kind of questioning, like, how far can he take this consecutive touchdown in the game record, right? Because, like, yeah, he's – I think we think he's going to beat that record, the franchise record on Sunday. But, like, as far as the NFL goes, Arian Foster, Emmitt Smith, and uh, George Rogers have 13. So he would, you know, join them if he gets that touchdown on Sunday. Emmett Smith has also done 14 straight. So that's insane. Um, And then John Riggins, OJ Simpson have done 15 straight. And then Lenny Moore sits at the top with 17 straight games with a touchdown. Um, I mean, if you had to sort of guess here, how many games McCaffrey could go with a touchdown, what would you say?
0: it's really hard. You can convince yourself into any number because it's not even like he has to have a particularly good game. Just, he could have a one yard touchdown run and do nothing the rest of the game and still continue the streak. So it has the potential to go for a while, but I just think because of how involved he is in the offense and because of the fact that one, he doesn't necessarily need goal line carries to get a touchdown because he can break one off from 10 yards or longer. And also when they get in the goal line, he's the guy they give the ball to. So it's like he has such an opportunity to score that you can convince yourself into anything at some point it's going to end maybe i'll go 15 games maybe um and i think correct me if i'm wrong but the year arian foster did it wasn't kyle shanahan his offensive coordinator
1: the year who did it
0: arian foster in houston oh
1: that's a good point um he might have been
0: i'm not sure on that but i just when i when i Heard that originally. I was like, I think Kyle was there that year. So like clearly he knows what he's doing. This just in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this this just in. Um news flash. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think he's been incredible. I I think I'm ready to buy like a Christian McCaffrey jersey, like right now. Like, you know, you know, some jerseys you kind of wait on a little bit, and you know, I've I've done that in the past. You kind of wait for them to get extended or something like that. But I, I don't know, like McCaffrey's already so like iconic. Uh, and the McCaffrey name in general, like you know, his dad and all that, they're a staple in the NFL. And like you think, you think about, you know, Deion Sanders and in that jersey, he was only with the team like the what the one year that one they year. won the Super Bowl. Maybe if okay, maybe this if if the 49ers win the Super Bowl with McCaffrey on the team, I'm buying that jersey so fast, so fast. But anyway, I I think the 49ers can run the football, should run the football. It's been working for them lately. Dominate the time of possession, keep your defense fresh and give the Cardinals no chances. They the birds die a slow death. Um, But look, I I think you were saying earlier that you're a little worried about this game. And I think it's because the Cardinals, they look pretty good. And and I'm not going to deny that either. They're one and two. But like even Kyle Shanahan sees it, sees what we've been seeing. He said they're a team that should be three and oh right now. Um, I know every coach says really good things about the opposing team before they play them. But I, I agree with Kyle. Like, I think he's being genuine in that. And if you look at the games they played, it was a close game in week one against the Cardinals. They were up big time on the giants before, you know, screwing the pooch, like, you know, late (laughs) in that game. Uh, And yeah, they handed it to the Cowboys it just doesn't sound like Kyle has taken this team lightly at all. And I, I think that's a good thing. That's a mindset you need to have going into this one.
0: I think what's going to happen is the Niners are going to have to take a punch early. And what I mean by that is if you go look, the Cardinals have scored an average of 18 points in first halves this year, which is pretty damn good. Unfortunately, in all of their second halves this year combined, they've also scored 18 points. So I think they come out with a good game plan. They execute well, and they, you know, put some points up on you early. So if you're the Niners, that may happen. Just take the punch, you know, keep it as close as you can. Don't deviate from your game plan. And I think eventually the cream will rise to the top because the 49ers are the more talented team, even with some injuries. They clearly are. So, you know, uh, weather the storm early, and then in the second half, make your adjustments and put these guys away. I think that's what might have to happen.
1: That So I hadn't looked at that before and I'm looking at it now. So the Cardinals are tied in third place with Dallas 49ers um, for first half points in a game. They're averaging 18 points a game. I guess it bodes well for the 49ers that they're also averaging, you know, 18 points in the first half. Maybe this game could play out very similarly to that Rams game where you know, the Rams were kind of they were cooking a little early and you go in into halftime tie game, make your adjustments, you know, blow them out in the second half kind of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't mind that as long as at some point they take control of the game. Right. Uh Looking at. I think the 49ers on the defensive side of the ball, I expect that they're going to see Arizona attempting to run the ball a ton as well. And that was one of the things that I tweeted out, like the Arizona. Arizona offense, they run the ball nearly 50% of the time of their plays. That's fifth most in the NFL, and they've been successful with it so far. James Conner, who, by the way, he's dealing with a back injury, but I do expect he'll be out there. Um, The Cardinals blocked their butt off against the Cowboys, if you watch that game over. I I still think that the 49ers defense could limit Conner, um, like, I don't I don't know what the, what the Cowboys were doing. Maybe, you know, it was a trap game for them and they didn't really expect the Cardinals to play so well against them. I don't know, but I don't see the 49ers making that same mistake. And there's a reason that teams are running the least amount of time against the 49ers right now.
0: I listened to Chris Sims' breakdown of Cardinals-Cowboys just to do a little, like, opposition research. And Chris's main point was, like, the cardinals out-schemed that cowboys defense a lot of the time. It wasn't just like hey the cowboys were sleepwalking. It was there were plays where unless somebody did something extraordinary there was no way for the cowboys to stop what the cardinals were doing on the ground. And it makes sense, right? Jonathan Gannon knows the cowboys. He prepared for the cowboys in Philly and so he had maybe a leg up there, but like the cardinals have a coach now. This is not Cliff Kingsbury. This is not a guy who's, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. I think that's pretty clear. Clearly they have a better schematical coach than they have had in years past. So I think we have to acknowledge that doesn't mean, you know, you should be sitting in fear, but just acknowledge like this isn't a stiff that you're going up against. And I'm, I'm interested to see because, you know, Jonathan Gannon prepared to face this 49ers team in the NFC championship game. Now he didn't really get to see a lot of what the 49ers do in that game because they couldn't throw the ball. But Jonathan Gannon, I feel like might have a good sort of beat on what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what that looks like on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I, I have thought about that. And it's it's definitely, I think, an element of this game that maybe not, like not enough people are talking about, right? Like everyone's thinking, oh, divisional matchup. And yeah, that is a huge part of it too. But like, this is the same guy that was the Eagles defensive coordinator last season. The same mm-hmm. guy that said, we're going to gut these guys talking about the 49ers on his way to the NFC championship game. Like, I do wonder if Kyle ever saw that video. Do you think he ever saw it?
0: Mm, he probably has now.
1: <laughs> some yeah, I hope someone showed it to him, like <laughs> you know, this past week. But I i just think that there's some unexercised demons for the 49ers playing this game that not not enough people are talking about. I'm thinking Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy specifically, just given what happened to Brock so early in that NFC championship game. Kyle had a call a completely different game from that point on. Like yes. the game was over after that. We we never really saw what Kyle had cooked up for the offense in that game. And I would have loved to see it. We might see it in this game. Like in Kyle was mentioning how this Arizona defense is really similar because they're, you know, they're using the same scheme, obviously same fronts and coverages. Gannon even brought some Philly players on board with him to Arizona. Um, they have like well, linebacker Kaiser white. He's pretty good. Um, so I kind of feel like Kyle is going to take some of what he had planned for that game against the Eagles defense and call it in, in this game. And you have a healthy Brock this time, and you still have a skill position group that top to bottom is the best in the NFL. And the Eagles personnel was really good, but guess what? The Arizona Cardinals defense is not the Eagles personnel. So that's the one, I think, advantage that the 49ers do have in this case. Yeah, it is the same coach, but I mean, it's the same 49ers team on offense, but it's not the Eagles you're facing. So I, I would feel pretty good about the 49ers offense being able to outplay, you know, the Arizona defense in this one.
0: There's a couple sort of like off field things that I think give this game a little extra juice. One, as I agree, like this is kind of Kyle's chance to prove like, hey, I would have put up numbers and points against this Philadelphia scheme if I had the chance. But also the Steve Wilkes lawsuit against the Cardinal. Remember he's suing the Cardinals for racial discrimination because of everything that happened when he was there and with their GM, Steve Kime getting suspended. And then the owner and and Kime wanting Wilkes to use burner phones to communicate with him, even though he was not supposed to do that. And so there's that whole aspect of it too. Like clearly Wilkes is pissed at the Cardinals. You don't sue somebody, you know, if you have warm and fuzzy feelings for them. And so maybe he has a little extra juice in this game. Like, hey, I want to stick it to this team. They screwed me over. They did me wrong. Now I got this friggin' lawsuit against them. It's costing me money. I want to put the screws to these guys this week.
1: No, I I love that because, you know, I've been thinking this whole time that, yeah, like Kyle, Brock, they got some extra juice. But, like, I love that even the defense, the defense and Steve Wilkes going to have some extra chip on their shoulder going into this one, too. I will say this, though. I think for the Cardinals, I already mentioned that they do love to run the football. Obviously, like the key for the 49ers defense, you stop James Conner. The ace up the Cardinal's sleeve is that, okay, you want to stop Conner. That's cool. But we have a quarterback and Joshua Dobbs that can run too. And occasionally, you know, we might put Rondell Moore out in the backfield as well. Yeah. And he's really fast. You saw what he did against, you know, the Cowboys. That, I think, certainly presents a unique challenge for this defense. We saw the 49ers put Daniel Jones in check. I think we should feel good about that. But at the same time, Saquon Barkley wasn't there to, like, offset that any amount. So you have a lot of guys on the Cardinals offense, I think, who, you know, like you said, they they can get into an early lead or get some points on the board early, potentially, because they they do got gamers on that side of the ball.
0: Two carries for five yards for Daniel Jones. It was the best job I've ever seen the 49ers do against the running quarterback. And not just a running quarterback, a really good running quarterback. Daniel Jones is one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. Um, I do think Arizona is going to try it. We saw Dobbs bust out for a 40-yarder against the Cowboys last week. Uh, I think they have to try it. They do not want Josh Dobbs to throw the ball 30 times this game. I really don't think they do. Like you said, they run it 49% of the time. Um, so that's going to be the 49ers plan is to make him have to throw it. So Mm -mm. Cardinals are going to try to avoid that with quarterback runs. I think he'll get some, but ultimately I think that the Niners will stop the run enough to make Dobbs have to throw an uncomfortable amount of time.
1: Yeah. I just wonder like what, what is an uncomfortable amount of time for Josh Dobbs? He's been great under pressure so far. Um, And so I think to me, like, that's what I worry about, but I also feel like, you know, the 49ers defensive line as a whole is probably better than the Cowboys defensive line. I know Parsons is amazing, um, but you know, I don't really know outside of Parsons, like, okay, just how scared they are. You look at the 49ers defense and you know, all these guys are are making plays and getting disruption, you know, especially the interior right now. So, yeah, like, I guess what I'm saying is Dobbs has been really good under pressure. I don't know if we've seen him like he hasn't been bad. Like, so I'm, I'm wondering what what would it take for him to be bad in this game?
0: I think it would take the 49ers getting up by multiple scores, especially if it's two touchdowns. And forcing the Cardinals to have to abandon the run. And I do think the Niners will have a little more success than the Cowboys had. The Cowboys interior defensive line, especially, is not that big. They don't have a lot of size. The Niners have massive size with Eric Armstead, who's six seven there. Javon Hargrave is not the biggest guy. I think he's only like six two, six three, but he's freaking lightning fast. The Niners' size is not their problem, so they're not going to get shoved around. David Lombardi actually had a, an article in The Athletic this week. That defensive, the interior of the Niners' defensive line is on pace for over 200 pressures this yeah, year. I
1: saw that. It's crazy. So
0: if you can get pressure up the middle, that's going to disrupt everything. It's going to disrupt the run game. It's going to disrupt, obviously, Josh Jobs in the passing game and force him to either Drake Jackson's side or Nick Bosa's side. So I think that that's why the Niners will have more success than the Cowboys have had. But it is ultimately going to come down to stopping James Conner and putting the game on the shoulders of Josh Dobbs.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too. Credit to Dobbs for looking as good as he has through these first three games. I think the 49ers defense does present a unique challenge for quarterbacks even if they have fared well thus far so i do think the 49ers you know win this game they go go up four0 they may be some uncomfortable points in the game and we're like oh god like why is this so close and in, in reality they're up like 10 um <laughs> but you know at the end of the day i think the 49ers you know win pretty handedly in this one uh do you have a score prediction rob
0: Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna. Do you happen to have the odds in front of you? Well, what's the over/under no, for the game? Mm, I don't right, know. I'm gonna just pull that up real quick because I do factor that in. Uh, Vegas. You know, this just in. They're pretty good at predicting this stuff. Okay. I think you that are, as your
1: baseline.
0: The Niners are gonna score thirty. Like they didn't even. <laughs> they don't even have good games, and they score thirty points. That is yeah, the crazy I, part. No,
1: that's the thing, right? It's and and I feel like yeah that after Thursday night's game all the players kind of, and even Kyle said the same, had the same sentiment on, yeah, like this was great, but like, we do have some things to clean up. Like they all, they all said that they all know that they can improve. And that's a scary thing. Maybe we see those improvements come alive in this game, right? On Sunday. And if so, that's, that's scary because yeah, they were scoring 30 points before. How much can they score when everything is clicking and you know, they're not, you know shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and and they're not uh or, or they're actually executing in the red zone like you yes. know so i think here here's what i think i think they do get over 30 i'm going to say like 34 um and i'm going to say the cardinals i'm going to say 16 for the cardinals
0: yeah i was going to go i was going to say like 33 17 something like that right. um the talent is just Unless the 49ers shoot themselves in the foot. And that's been the other exactly. part of the streak is 13 game winning streak. And they don't have more than one turnover in any of the games. That's the longest streak in NFL history like that, by the way, when they're not doing that, that, cause that's how you equalize a, You know, a game between two teams where one is way more talented is turnovers. So as long as the Niners don't do that, it should be a 33, 17 type of game, but it could be like you said, similar to the giant game and that they don't pull away until later
1: uh 49ers were practicing the peanut punch in yesterday's practice i don't know how often they do that but something to keep in mind joshua dobbs one of the four quarterbacks including brock purdy who has yet to throw an interception this season so if you are going to get a turnover in this game maybe the safe bet is to try to get it out of J- james connor's hands right because dobbs has been pretty good at taking care of the football you, maybe you don't really depend on that being the source of your turnover. If you look at some of these games and where the 49ers have really started to pull away, those turnovers have, you know, aided them quite a bit. Right. So if that's not going to be on the table for them in this game, punch the ball out. I like that. So. Yeah. I don't know I if think- we
0: call it the peanut punch. I think we call it the Greenlaw punch the way he's been. <laughs> Except well, the- Green- is
1: Greenlaw going to play though? That's yeah. So they were like, hey guys, Greenlaw might not be out there. You all gotta practice the punch. You all, right. gotta, you all gotta practice the Green Law Punch. All right. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll call it that. The Green Law Punch. And another like little side thing I wanted to mention before we head out of here is that Nick Bosa, if you guys saw the little clip that was circulating, Nick Bosa was giving Fred Warner some pass rushing pointers. Did you see that, Rob?
0: I did see it. Uh We know that Wilkes loves to blitz his linebackers. It's one of the staples of his system. Fred's been blitzing a little more this year. He had a big sack on Stafford in a big moment against the Rams. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Fred Warner blitz more, especially because like you may, may not need him in coverage as much this week, just given the personnel on the Cardinals. So maybe he gets a chance to blitz a little more.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Like I, I feel like we're we're seeing little little thing. They're hinting some things in these practices, I think. Um, hopefully the Cardinals aren't watching. But all right, thank you guys for joining us early for this one. Make sure you like this video, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Audio listeners, drop a rating, drop a review if you're feeling so kind. And don't forget to subscribe to the Gold Standard Network on YouTube. That's where Rob does all his content, all his shows. Rob, what's on the docket for uh, the rest of the week?
0: So I just posted the gold standard, me and Levin, that comes every Thursday. We had to pre-record that yesterday, so I just dropped that on the YouTube channel, breaking down, obviously, the Cardinals. And uh, we're going to have a crossover podcast coming up a little later this week, Behind Enemy Lines, with Johnny Venerable, who covers the Cardinals. Uh, so we'll take a deep dive in that, because i got to figure out like what the hell is going on between what we thought this team was going to be and what it actually is. So yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up on the gold standard network. Please subscribe.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in, but for now, have a good rest of your Thursday folks. Peace.